and welcome to the Success Unscrambled podcast, where I help women who want to live a life of time and freedom become widely successful using proven organic marketing strategies. This is Alvern, and you're very welcome to the podcast today. In this particular podcast, we're going to be looking at how to blog consistently on a part-time blogger schedule. Let's get right into it. Are you finding it difficult to blog consistently every day or every week? Are you lacking the motivation to write blog posts regularly? Maybe you are working full-time and you recently decided to start a blog on the side and after three to six months, you are starting to question your efforts. It is very possible that you are just not seeing the results for all the effort that you have put into the blog so far. If you're getting less than, say, I don't know, 100 visitors a day to your blog, then it can add to that feeling of defeat as it turns out to be not as easy as you expected it to be. For parents or um, anyone or even moms, for example, of young children, this can be even worse as the time you have available is quite short. You're probably thinking that there must be a shortcut to get the results faster, if only you can find it. I know I felt that way many years ago. The truth is that there genuinely is a more defined path to achieving your goals, which can lead to faster results, but it really depends on your foundation. So in this particular podcast, I'm going to outline a number of key secrets that will help you keep up with your blog and develop a great blogging routine. Also, it will help you to blog regularly and confirm a blogging schedule that is more fluid to propel you and your blogging goals and life dreams forward. So why should you bother to blog consistently anyway? What's the point? Well, you may have heard this before, but one of the keys to blogging success is consistency. One reason for this is that blogging is a journey of growth for both you and your reader. The average successful blog publishes between 4 and 16 posts a month. So all the content needed for your blog is not created in a day. Content for your blog is developed over time based on your reader's feedback because blogging involves a two-way communication. People learn in small digestible chunks, so it is a bit misleading to get your blog to, as it were, blow up and become successful after just 10 or up to 20 blog posts. In reality, This only happens if you already have celebrity or maybe authority status elsewhere. So maybe you have success on another platform like Instagram or Facebook uh, or maybe um, Snapchat or Twitter. People already know you there. So all you need to do then, say for example, you have a 10,000 following on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat or Pinterest, let's say. And all you need to do now is... um, When you create this new blog, it's direct that same interest of people who are interested in your stuff there to your blog. And then that's it. But if no one knows you, then it is all about growing a new relationship. 
brand spanking new. So understanding your reader is the next section. And before we look at routines, because people think straight away when you think of blogging consistently, the first thing that jumps to people's mind is a routine and a schedule. Yes, that's important, but we're going to be looking at understanding your reader first. Um, so that's before we look at routines, schedules, and goals. To help you blog consistently, there is a very, very simple key to your success. And that is, that key is understanding the reader. If you spend time understanding who your ideal reader or avatar is, you will know that, you know, they like this or that or what, what exactly they want. It is possible that you have already developed an avatar or an ideal client profile, but let's, let's back up a bit. Let's back up for one minute and, and listen and hear me out for a second or for a minute even. Do you really know them well enough? Here is a list in no particular order of items you should know about your avatar or in, in, these, in these sort of ranges. Their age. I know age isn't specifically important. Like they mustn't all be uh, 39 year olds. <laughs> That's not the point. Um, yeah, they mustn't all be 39 year olds. So age is important. Their gender or maybe age range even. Uh, where they live. Like what country, what city do you live in a, a specific country? Like is, is, it, is it only an English-speaking country? Uh, is it specifically large cities, small cities? Do they live in a house or an apartment or a farm? Um, what is the neighborhood like? Uh, what are their daily, weekly, monthly, and annual challenges that they face? Because if you know life, you know, it's a bit of a routine. As humans, we are creatures of habit. And every new year, a lot of people go through more or less the same feeling. Every September, every December, they have this same mentality that they go through every single time because it's a new year, um, new year is approaching. They look back whenever it's their birthday, we look back at their past year. You know, people go through these same routines every single time. So what are those daily, weekly, monthly, and annual challenges? Outline their biggest needs. Uh, everyone has a need. You might think, oh, the rich people don't have a need. Well, they do. Poor people, middle class people, everyone have needs. Uh, what kind of problems are they trying to solve personally and financially? What are their deepest desires and dreams for them and their family? In terms of their biggest fears, what are they? Now, I'm not talking about spiders and claustrophobia. <laughs> I'm talking about their fears, their emotional fears about things like uh, what if they lose their jobs? If they have enough money for retirement? You know, those kind of fears. Uh, what if they don't achieve their big life dreams? What if they don't get a degree? Or whatever, whatever those those fears are. People always have fears. Um, do you understand their short-term and long-term goals? Uh, any idea of their good habits and bad habits? Because if you didn't have bad habits, then everyone would be achieving their goals. We all, we all have bad habits. What gets them excited? What wakes them up in the morning? Don't say the alarm clock. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about why are they excited every day to go into work to, to live? What stuff annoys them? Yes, we have politics. But I'm not talking about politics. Really get deep down. What, what, what are the things that annoy them? 
it could be the fact that they aren't the person who they hope to be or um they aren't uh they haven't achieved a certain goal by a certain age or um uh, having to work in a I don't know, certain kind of office or in a certain kind of city or, you know, what is the stuff that they don't get to go on holiday twice a year instead of they only get to go only once a year? What are the, what is the stuff that annoys them? Do you really know? What are their passion projects? What are you currently working on? Where do they spend most of their time online? List the kind of items they spend their money on. So as soon as they get paid, they always they are always saving up to something. Some people obviously save up to say for example go surfing or um then we have a long term dream of buying a boat or buying a second home somewhere. What what is that? Do you know what they're what they're you know what they spend their money on? What they, what do they save for? What are they saving for? What type of podcast do they listen to? What kind of software do they invest in? So every month they might have a monthly subscription to for example Hulu or Netflix or cable or you know, a subscription box or what do this, you know, what's, what are they, what are they subscribing to every single month that they don't mind spending money on? I could add a whole lot more to this list, but I will stop there for now as I would like you, I'd like to know, can you honestly and truthfully answer all these questions about your reader? Not many bloggers can answer all these questions, but you can spend time writing up a profile of your ideal client based on these questions. Once you have the questions about your reader answered, it is time to look at the journey, the journey of your reader. Here are a few questions about your reader's journey. So this is a journey of your reader when they actually come to your blog. So you know their problems, you know their questions, their concerns, their fears, what they eat in the morning, <laughs> almost. Um, you know, that kind of a thing. And then you write a blog post or you maybe wrote 20 different blog posts and people start trickling into your website. And they might be coming from certain places. They might be coming from a search in Google. They might be coming from uh, Pinterest. They might be coming from Twitter, Facebook. So the question is, where did they come from? Okay, if you say, for example, the majority of my readers come from Facebook. Why are they reading your blog? Maybe they saw the headline in Facebook and they clicked over to read more. Or they saw it and they were searching for a certain problem in, in Google and they found your um, blog post in the list of results and they clicked on it. Why are they reading it? What, 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 are they, what, is this, what can your blog post do to help them? And how do you plan to make them better people? I know these questions may or may not come as a big surprise to you, but if you if you have if you've never ever considered these questions before now, this is a good time to start. It goes back to the purpose of your blog. Why did you set it up in the first place? What is the long term goal? Are you blogging for the sake of blogging? What is what is it the readers ex are expecting to get from your blog, um, from the from their perspective? Maybe it will help you to create two different avatars uh, of your particular reader. The first one is a reader when they first come to your blog the very first time with all of their um, questions, concerns, nagging problem, whatever that nagging problem is. It could be they want to save more money. 
and they want to live on a smaller budget. They want to be a better mom, better dad. Uh, they want to be a better surfer. They want to be. They want to be able to travel the world. What is that nagging problem that they're coming to your blog with? And map out in a, on a sheet of paper this avatar of a person before their problem is solved, before they go through that transformation. And then the second avatar shows you, or you, you outline this particular person once they've, been, once they've been transformed. Because you have to remember the transformation is mental, emotional, physical, um, you know, sometimes it's self-confidence, it's self-esteem, it's, you know, it's so deep. And once you map out the before and after, it gives you a, a sort of a, a clear picture of who you're dealing with and where you want them to go at the end of the journey. So once you've got answered all of those questions about your avatar, about how your blog can help them, about what it looked like before and after the transformation, it's time to map out the journey. I know this is starting to get so scary, but bear with me. We'll get there in the end. It's to me it's so exciting. I just I just you know I hope you're just as excited as me to listen to you know this particular content. So do you have a map of the journey for your user drawn up somewhere? And don't don't be um, don't be afraid or don't feel embarrassed if you don't have a map. It's fine. That's what we're here for. That's what I'm helping you to do. This is part of your transformation process. I'm helping you transform by helping you to draw a map. So a map will help you understand what the what the what is the the needs of the user. What is going to happen next? So the user comes to your blog, for example, and they have problems budgeting and they're looking to improve their budgeting skills, okay? And once you map out their journey, so they, they start, I don't know, I'm not a, I'm not a person to teach budgeting. Um, <laughs> I can do budgeting, but I just can't teach. I don't think I can teach others budgeting. Maybe I can. I, I just, I'm just chicken. <laughs> but I, I don't have a financial or accounting background, but I can do up sheets and all of that. Anyway. Back to the thing. So maybe they start where you help them draw up income and expenditure. And then maybe that's the first step. Or maybe you don't even want to go there. Maybe you want to start somewhere even higher up the food chain where you say, what are you currently spending your money on? What is the stuff that you need? And what's the stuff that you want? Um, I'd say that's the start of your journey. And then bit by bit, you take them through that process of getting rid of the stuff that they, they, they're just spending money on unnecessarily. And then um, you draw up then their incomes and expenditure. And then you help, you show them ways to save money, um, whether it be putting it into a saving plan, investments, or um, let's say uh, maybe investing in themselves, uh, paying for education or something like that. So you take them through that journey and then, at the very end of the journey now, they are better at budgeting and they've achieved some major goal, I don't know, to travel somewhere or to um, achieve a certification in something or maybe to start a business or something big. And that's the transformation journey you have for them. Now, I'm not saying that everybody who does budgeting should have this as their trans transformation journey. I'm just giving you an example of what a journey map 
should look like. Now that's it at a, a sort of a real high level. And once you look at the map, then it, sh- it shows you any sort of gaps that the user may be experiencing along the journey. Now the gaps could be things like uh, emotional attachments to things, as you know. So when you're budgeting, um, anybody who's, who have, has difficulty budgeting would realize, excuse me, that they're living above their means and they're spending money on things that they can't afford. Um, because they um, they have an emotional attachment to that thing, whatever that thing is, it could be cable television, it could be you know it could be simple, silly things, coffee, a cup of coffee every morning, and you spend fourteen dollars in coffee every day, you know stuff like that they can that they can use to save money. You multiply that out by ten days as a really one hundred and forty dollars, uh, and then you multiply that by by three. You're looking at what is it, $420 a month on coffee? Oh my goodness, I don't even drink coffee, but that just sounds ridiculous amount of money. But people do it. People spend that amount of money on silly stuff every every month. And then they wonder, where did my money go? Uh, but I'm sorry if <laughs> this, this wasn't meant to offend anyone, uh, but just giving you an example. So I have outlined in the show notes a very simplified example of what I would call, so my my um reader journey map is called a freedom transformation roadmap because I want to help women um to experience that time freedom. Maybe I should call it a time freedom transformation map, maybe. Um, but anyway, you get the idea. A freedom transformation roadmap. I might change the name. Um, but you would see once you go to the show notes, um the exact URL is a bit long as far as I can remember. Let me just double check. So you're looking at success unscrambled.com forward slash how dash to dash blog dash consistently. So that's success unscrambled.com forward slash how dash to dash blog dash consistently. So that is the, that's, if you want to go directly to the show notes, that's what you need to, to type into as the URL um, to find this particular blog post. So you would see from the roadmap that I have, I'll just sort of, I'll sort of walk it through. I know it's a podcast and it's kind of difficult to see what I'm seeing on a podcast. Um, but I have a map and I have, you know, you look at a map, like you go to a park and you'd see the map of the park and you have the person, um, standing at a position in the park. You are here. I have the same thing. I have a map and I have, you are here. So my readers start at a certain point and on the map, I have a path that leads them from where they are to where they want to be, a brand new person, freedom, trans, free, uh, time, freedom, transformed person. And on the map, then I have things like time excuses, life excuses, perceived obstacles, emotional obstacles, um, friend and family blocks. And I also have something really, really cool called the aha moment. Um, so if you get a chance, go have a look at that map and it will actually help you um, to formulate your very own map uh, of what you, your user journey would look like. And my suggestion to you is to just get a piece of paper and a pencil and draw, the map can go in any direction. It doesn't really matter. It's the reason why I have it here. It make it look really pretty. And of course, um, most people don't go through directly on the line through map, as you can imagine. People go off course all the time. Sometimes they go off course for five years 
and then they finally come back um, to complete their journey. Um, and it's it's all part of trying to truly understand who your reader is. When I understand the perceived obstacles and roadblock, roadblocks that my user, my reader faces, then I can only write content that would meet that need. If I don't understand them, how can I write anything that would, would, um, would build the awareness and identify problems that they might be facing? If you don't have a roadmap or a journey for your reader yet, spend some time today or this week um, mapping out that journey. Okay, so next we're going to look at products and services. And now you're probably thinking like, oh my goodness, what is she going to talk about? What does that have to do with blogging consistently? Bear with me, you'll understand what I mean <laughs> once you go through this. So after you've mapped out your, so if you remember, we started off with your avatar, your questions about your reader. You know, what they like, what they dislike, what they eat, what they spend their money on, where they live, what kind of house they like to live in. If they, if, if you want to put, if they've got a garden, if they don't have a garden, because you might be a person who blogs about gardens. All right. So you've mapped out the, the, who they are. Um, why they're coming to your blog, uh, what the, the two avatars, what they look like before and after the journey. Uh, you have an actual roadmap of, you know, that journey that they take to get from the old person to the new person. And now we're going to check out their products and services that, you, um, that you're going to sell to them. So to you, based on what you've done so far, I mean, you probably haven't completed this exercise yet, but the only the only way to design a product or service that matches your users or readers or audience needs is to first see if the products and services actually helps with the transformation journey. So if you look at, maybe you have a product or, or service in your head already, ask yourself the question, does your product or service um, currently match your reader's needs in terms of their transformation process accurately. If you if you haven't created a product or service yet, um, spend some time outlining your first product. Uh, the purpose of this particular section is to ensure that the content that you will deliver daily, weekly, monthly feeds into that transformation process. In other words, the transformation that your reader experiences occurs over time. It's not like if they, okay, some of them would come and some of them will buy straight away because they're, you know, they're lower down uh, the funnel in terms of their buying process, they're lower down. But others are really way up there, they have this awareness of, you know, I have a problem, I don't know what the solution is, um, and what you're outlining in the blog is part of the problem that I'm having, and please help me solve my problem. And they may not want to solve the problem right away. They might be at an initial stage of the problem where it isn't such a big deal and it isn't squeezing them. It isn't um, encouraging them to take action. So the transformation that your reader experiences occurs over time from interacting with your blog posts, your freebies, your, your email newsletter, as well as your paid product, or finally your paid product. It does not occur at a level of the paid product first. And, and one other thing I notice because happens to me happened to me as well. So your reader might need this big solution that is a, a mastermind group at last. 
six months long and it's, uh, the product is worth $2,500. However, they don't have the budget for $2,500 right now. They may only have 40, we can't, we probably can only afford $47 a month. And this is why you, ha you have to build out something called a value ladder. And I know this is going to, I'm going on into a rabbit hole here. So let me not go down to the rabbit hole. Let's just put it this way. In your, in your line of products, you have smaller products and you have bigger products. The smaller products would be probably an ebook. The next one up the line might be a, a course, a, a video course. The next one up the line might be a retreat. Oh no, sorry, a, a mastermind group. And the next one up the line then would be a retreat. So retreat might be $5,000. Your mastermind group might be $2,500. Your ebook, sorry, not ebook, your course, your video course might be $97. And your ebook might be $47. And your reader, when your reader, your reader might actually need a $2,500 product, I mean, uh, mastermind that you're selling, and they don't have the budget, and that's fine. But they might have $47 a month or $47 one off to buy the ebook to start solving the problem. Um, and they would buy your, your ebook, but then it might not solve the entire problem. And they would have to come back and buy the $97 product and then later on buy this $2,500 mastermind, um, uh, mastermind group course. And that's normal because not everyone is going to have the budget that they need to solve the, the entire problem straight off. They might have to solve it in bits and pieces. So whew, hopefully that, that, that explains something for you. So, like I said, it does not occur at the level of the paid product. So, if you if you work backwards from the paid offer, say, for example, you work backwards from the mastermind group or from the retreat. The retreat is this big old come away for a weekend or for five days of workshop somewhere and we are going to build your entire business and sales funnel from scratch and get you selling or or launching your um, product in 10 days or whatever it is. If you work backwards from that huge, big, humongous product that you want to sell, um, your content on your blog, so you're working backwards. If it wasn't kind of for the mastermind, if they can't afford a video, they can't afford uh, the ebook, you're working backwards and you're really giving them um, as much information as they need to help start that transformation journey. So your core blog post are going to contain things like building the awareness and um, pointing out possible solutions. So you might have links in your blog posts that will lead them to your ebook or to your $2,500 mastermind thing or your video course. And depending on where they are in the journey, how big the problem is. So people are motivated depending on the pain that they experience to spend that money. So they may not have the cash to buy the $2,500 mastermind course, group thing, escape, whatever you want to call it. But they might have a credit card with $2,500 credits and they can pay it off over time because their problem is so big. They are, they are motivated to solve that problem right now. If they don't have it and they want to solve the problem, then they'll have to settle for the the one-off ebook, and then, you know, work their way up um, saving for this mastermind thing that you're offering. 
Um, so another example I give you, if my paid product, for example, is a six-month mastermind on the advanced level SEO tactics that you can use to um, get uh, to, to 25,000 visitors a month to your, to your blog. Um, I can start by educating my reader on initial SEO problems. So they might say, I don't, I, I'm not getting traffic from Google. How do I get traffic from Google? It's probably their, their, their first question. And what I can do then is link them to uh, my blog post that talks about SEO or search engine optimization for beginners, which is a quick win for them because now they've, they've started on that journey and I'm getting them down that road of solving their big problem of not having enough traffic to their blog. All right, Ooh, that was a journey. We're gonna look at now blogging regularly. So now that we've, we, we understand the reader, we know their habits, their good habits, their bad habits, what they spend money on, what software they buy, what they subscribe to, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, why they come to my blog, uh, what their journey looks like. I know I'm now ready to blog consistently. I believe wholeheartedly that everybody's different when it comes to maintaining a successful blog. And that is, that is because every single one of us have different family circumstances, work schedules, priorities, etc. So you need to carve out how many hours you have available each day, each week, each month, so that you can become consistent at blogging. Yes, there are times when stuff just happens. Stuff happens. Life happens. But in order for your blogging to become a habit, it is important to incorporate it into your life. Check, um, check to see what times of the day you are most productive. That's so very important um, because you can say, okay, when I come home from work, I'll get dinner done, put the kids to bed, and I am going to um, like get the homework done and everything, and I'm going to spend one hour every night on my, on my blog. However, you discover that you fall asleep because you're just not a night person. You're an actual morning person. So it might make more sense for you to head into bed at 9 o'clock and get up at 4 o'clock and work on your blog for an hour. Uh, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4. Even get up at, at 3 o'clock. Six, you get 6 to 7 hours sleep. And then you get up in the morning because you're more productive in the morning. You get that... Um, hour in or hour and a half or two hours working on your blog in and then you get ready get ready to go to work and well get breakfast done and everything and get ready to go to work and off you go. If you are a morning person, it does not make sense to schedule heavy tasks at night. That just doesn't make any sense. So in terms of blogging scheduled um, for daily routines, um, this is where I'm gonna get very, very practical because if you have little time available you need to decide what task will be accomplished and when, when you'll be accomplishing them. If you work a nine-to-five job, then you'll need to set up a part-time blogger schedule similar to the one that I have outlined in the, um, in the show notes. Again, you're looking at um, success on scrambled.com forward slash how dash to dash blog consistently. Sorry, blog dash consistently. That's success on scramble.com forward slash how dash to dash blog dash consistently. You head over there and you would see I have a schedule, nice little schedule mapped out. 
you don't have to follow this one exactly as it is. You just need to, to tweak it or move things wrong based on your own personal circumstances. So my schedule, I have Monday, Monday to Friday. Uh, because if you, if you wait and only uh, do your blog thing activities over the weekend, it doesn't become a habit. However, if you do it every single day of the week, Monday to Friday, then it, it, you work it into your routine and it just becomes part of your, your schedule. You just do it. Do it for three years. I know. Three years should be enough time to get, you know, to achieve, achieve your goals. So I have here Monday, 5 to 6 a.m., wake up plus meditation. You have your breakfast, etc. 7 and 8 a.m., you get off and get up and go to work. Then uh, arrive back home at 6 p.m., uh, you have your dinner with your family, get homework and everything done, put your kids to bed at 8.30 p.m. And then from 9.15 or 8.45, even if you want, 8.45 till 11.15, uh, you work on your blog doing something specific. So on Monday, I have marketing, Tuesday, writing, uh, our topic research, Wednesday, learning, because you blogging is a process where you keep learning about new things. A Wednesday, marketing and writing, and Friday, reflecting, checking stats, and setting new goals for the next for the coming week. Of course, I've again I've left the weekend as well because the weekend is a weekend, you know. Unless you work weekends and you're probably a nurse or something, then that's different. Your schedule probably will look very different from this. Um, but um, if you don't schedule it, it just won't get done. Like I said, it's a very gener generic example. And if you work uh, Monday to Friday kind of job during the weekend, then you can do major, major tasks like um, changing to a new web host or changing a theme or batching writing. So you write for the whole month on one weekend, all four blog posts or eight blog posts or six, you know, how many ever you want to write and schedule that out. Um, and you can even do bulk marketing. So you can bulk your marketing once a week and schedule everything out. Um, so that you don't have to um, do marketing every single day or two days a week or one just do it only one day a week and focus the rest of your time then doing content creation for your blog, for your social media images, um, for your actual product or service that you plan to offer. All right, so we come to the, uh, an exciting part of, of this particular podcast. What is your dream? It's one thing to set a schedule, but a completely different thing when it comes to setting and achieving goals. As I mentioned previously, both you and your reader are on a journey to achieving your dreams. For you, it is all about taking that big dream and turning it into goals, plans, tasks with a specific time period. Let's, be, let's get into a really, really practical example. If you decide that you offer, we're both telling you about a $97 course, so you offer a $97 course and you know that you need to sell 100 copies a month every single month. Or maybe you just do, you have an open closing, you open it for one month, um, sell 100 or 200 copies and then close it down for three months. Maybe, I don't know, whatever you want to do, that's your goal. But 100, copy, 100 copies at $97, let's call it an even $10,000 in sales. It lets you achieve a dream of running a full-time business from home because maybe you just want $10,000 every three months. You don't want $10,000 a month. Whatever you want is your, is your goal. You need to 
obviously look at your goals. There are some things that you need to do to achieve this goal. You take that big dream and make it into uh, some smart goals. And if you have been following my blog and my podcast for now over a period of time, you know, I love talking about smart goals where, you know, it's specific um, and it's achievable, it's time bound, it's um, realistic and it's, um, I've forgotten what the M is right now, but you know, smart goals. I'm going to give you a really practical example. The typical conversion rate online is about 1% of cold traffic. So someone who's who doesn't know you, doesn't have a relationship with you, they would convert at 1%. If they come to your website and you have the solution to their problem, the conversion rate for that kind of visitor is 1%. It's a lot higher for people who know you, people who are regular readers of your blog, they will convert, convert on a much higher percentage than 1%. So to get 100 sales a month, you need to have 10,000 visitors, call visitors, uh, to see your offers every single month. It could be less if it is, these are repeat visitors, but normally you're looking at repeat visitors are normally between 2 and 5% of the traffic that comes to your blog. So if you have 10,000 visitors visiting your site, um, you can expect a conversion ratio of 1%. Now, those 10,000 visitors need to see your offer. They can't be just 10,000 visitors going to any old blog post that just doesn't have your offer. They wouldn't convert. They have to be going um, to, they have to be seeing your offer. So say, for example, you don't have 10,000 visitors right now. Say you only have 1,000 people coming to your site every month the conversion rate for that 1,000 people is 1%. 1% equals to 10 sales. So if you have 1,000 visitors coming to your site every month, you should have a conversion rate of 10 sales every month. And if you're not getting that, ask yourself if they are seeing your offer. If they're not seeing your offer, then they wouldn't convert. Now, these visitors may see your offer directly via a landing page, or they may click through from a related blog post. Now, 10,000 visitors may sound like a lot, but let's break that down into a daily goal that's achievable. If you have 20 blog posts that raise awareness of the problem and or addresses the, the pain point of your particular visitor, then that works out to be 17 visitors a day per blog post. Just in case I totally lost you there, <laughs> let's look at it. Let's break it down simply. So 10,000 visitors a month divided by 20 blog posts. So if you have 20 blog we said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to dedicate 20 blog posts to this particular product. Uh, yeah, product for your offer, whatever your offer is. 10,000 divided by 20 is 500 visitors per month per post. So can ask yourself the question, can you get 500 people a month to see, 500 people to see, let me see, let me say this right, 500 visitors per month per post. 
So for each post, can you get 500 people to see each particular post every single month? If the answer is no, which is normal, don't, don't get you know worked up about this, um, let me help you break this down even further. So 500 visitors per month per post is um, divided by 30 days. So there's 30 days in any month except February, obviously, which is 28, and May, which is 31. So 30 days are September, April, June, and November. So September, April, June, and November, 30 days. The rest of the, the year is 31 except February, which is 28, except for a leap year. Okay. <laughs> Whoa, I know. You're probably thinking, well, how did she even know all of that? But I know you probably know a different rhyme from school. All right. So 500 visitors per month per post divided by 30 days is equal to 16.7. So let's just call it 17. Can you get 17 people to see your offer on a specific blog post per month. So you can actually start by doing this with one blog post. Ask yourself the question, can you get 17 people to see your blog post, one blog post every month, sorry, every day? If the answer is yes, then you just multiply that figure by 20. So where can you find 20 people who would see your blog post? Uh, on if you go to the show notes, which again, <laughs> sorry about this, I have to keep going back. It's successonscramble.com forward slash how dash to dash blog dash consistently. Successonscramble.com forward slash how dash to dash blog dash consistently. If you head over to the show notes, I have a lovely diagram that I've, I've done up for you so you can you can literally understand uh, what needs to happen for you to achieve this particular goal of traffic. So everything depends on goal in life. In order for you to have a successful business, you need to break everything down into goal. Where are you going to get the sales from? How are you going to, you know, everything is broken down into numbers. So I have in the diagram four different traffic, four different traffic channels. I'm going to bite my tongue doing this podcast. <laughs> All right. So I have Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, Google. Now you might have Facebook, Instagram, Google, and LinkedIn, for example. You can have whatever it is you need to have as your traffic channels. And I have in my diagram, if you look, I have Google's 40% of the traffic will come from Google, 10% uh, from Facebook, 40% from Pinterest and 10% from Twitter. Okay. So this is what it would look like. Um, so for one specific blog post, if you have, uh, if you need 17 visitors a month, sorry, I keep saying a month, <laughs> 17 visitors a day, um, you're looking at seven people, seven people a day coming from Pinterest and seven people a day coming from Google. Can you possibly achieve that goal? So that's 14 people a day from Google and Pinterest, 10%, uh, so that's 1.7, let's call it two, two from Twitter, two from Facebook. So, and this is only 20, like if you have a hundred, then you can break it down 
much more. But if to me, 20 is a nice number that you can work with. Um, can you get, can you advertise? Advertise is probably the wrong word. Um, can you, can you market 20 blog posts a day on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Google? If you, the answer is still, I don't know. Well, I address a lot of these uh, questions in my course, which is coming up very shortly. Um, but you need to sit down and really think, okay, if I'm marketing, say, for example, you don't do all 20 a day on Facebook. Say you do 20 a day on Pinterest and Google. Google, obviously, you have no control over it. Well, that's not true. You have quite a lot of control over it. Um, uh, if you look at the um, my blog post, I, I go into ways in which you can uh, optimize your blog posts to get traffic from Google uh, on, on every month from your, you know, to your blog. I don't want this podcast to be how to get the traffic <laughs> to your blog because this blog is all about blogging consistently. And I'm just showing you an example. Um, th I'm showing you an example about how to take that goal, that big goal of blogging consistently and break it down into small, bite-sized, manageable chunks. All right. So in the diagram, like I said, I've broken down the potential dream of making $10,000 a month from your product by getting 10,000 visitors a month to your, to your blog post. Um, and then obviously the trick is to make sure that, that those particular blog posts are focused on, conver on converting those people to buyers. All right. Um, the question is, most important question here, because if you're blogging consistently, it's one thing. Do you know by now, you should, but maybe when you finish listening to this particular podcast, you would know by after the podcast which 20 topics you need to focus on writing on, improving on, tweaking to get those visitors who read or skim your blog post to take the next action, which is to buy your particular product or service. So just in case you missed it, all by now, just in case uh, all I've said before, you just didn't get it, let me break it down even simpler for you. Um, the purpose of your blog is to help your reader to un undergo a transformation journey. Uh, you've got a lot of people, bloggers out there talking about blogging consistently, this, how to blog consistently, that, but they don't address the key problem when it comes to blogging consistently. You can write 10,000 blog posts. And if your goal is just to write for the sake of writing or having a blog for having, for the sake of having a blog, then that is not, well, I can't even say that is not a goal. <laughs> That's some people's um, passion project and they, they're not in it, in it to generate an income or to achieve any long-term goal. It's just that their big goal is to write 10,000 blog posts. That's fine. That's their, that's their goal. However, if your goal is to get that blog of yours to generate an income 
then the purpose of it is to help your readers to undergo a transformation journey. An example could be to save money on travel, to be a better mom, to pay off debt, to become better at budgeting. Your blog posts are there to help build awareness of, a prob- of their problem and then to educate them on possible solutions. And the solutions could be the big transformation solution or it could be small step solutions. The blog posts are mainly, you don't do the big transformation. That is why in this particular podcast, it's more one of those that's part of the big transformation. But I'm doing it because so many people are lost when it comes to blogging consistently. It's just like they do the wrong things. They set up a schedule and they don't set any goals. They don't have any long-term plan to just, I'm going to blog every day and create blog posts every every single month and nothing. But actually, those blog posts, the free checklists, the workbooks that you give away help your readers to accomplish quick wins along their transformation journey. You spend time creating the perfect paid product that will help you or even help them along their final part of the transformation journey so that they will finally arrive at a better, better version of themselves. Therefore, your blog post topics should be pretty easy as they all feed into this process of getting the reader to trust you as to show, show them your ability and your expertise on this journey. Show them that you are, you are the perfect guide to get them to where they need to go to. It can be quite difficult, like I said, to explain this on a podcast or even a blog post or any kind of thing. But if you can, if it is you at the end of this particular podcast, you still don't get it. Um, leave a comment in the in the in the show notes at the bottom of the particular blog post, and you know, let me know what you what you've gleaned so far. Because um, I said it's very tricky to teach something this this kind of a big topic on a podcast. So, in conclusion, the ability to blog consistently ultimately depends on your ability to understand your potential client as well as their transformation journey. If you truly grasp that concept, then a blogging routine will come so much easier because it will no longer be about how often should I blog or what should I write about or what's the most popular topics or, you know, stuff like that. That's not, that's not, that's not what it's going to be a blogging consistently is all about. Blogging consistently is, is a different kind of focus you'll be more focused on what is missing from the client journey roadmap. You'll be asking, what can I do to get them closer to their goals? I'm sure that this is just not what you're expecting when you saw the title of this particular podcast. Um, Because many, like I said, many bloggers out there address the topic in a much different way where they only focus on topics and schedules. They don't address the actual they address the symptoms of the problem. They don't address the actual problem itself. However, maintaining a successful blog should ideally be focused on the success of your reader's journey. So over to you. What has been your struggle so far when it comes to consistency in blogging? Whatever you do, remember to subscribe to the Success Unscrambled podcast where you will be the first to hear about what's happening in the entrepreneurial and digital marketing world. 
your positive review of this particular podcast is vital to keeping it alive and running for the next 12 to 24 months. So please leave a positive review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast players, even Podchaser. Um, if you are an employee looking to start a side business, uh, take a look at the resource that I uh, that I created called uh, How to Start a Business Without a Degree or How to Start a Business with No Money, whichever way you want to look at it. I've left a link in the show notes. Just click over and have a look at that. If you are just at the start of your journey um, and you're just getting aware that, you know, you the 9 to 5 job is not really helping you achieve your big goals um, and you're wondering, you know, what to do next in your future, then take a look at the seven books that I have outlined. Uh, seven books, I call it seven books for bloggers, seven biz- books for um, entrepreneurs, seven books for bloggers, uh, business owners. Maybe you just published your blog or should I say even launch your blog, and you're looking for ways to get visitors to your website. I've created a free resource um, that shows you how to grow your blog traffic. I've left the link in the show notes again. Have a look at that, and it will help you be on your way. If you're a startup or small business and you need to hire a virtual assistant to help you complete tasks such as social media marketing, blogging, and keyword research uh, or Pinterest account management, then take a look at the packages that I have available there on my website. Again, it's successunscramble.com as my core website. But if you want to look at the show notes specifically for this particular podcast, go to successunscrambled.com forward slash how dash to dash blog dash consistently. Okay, that's it for today. Until next time, enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week. Bye for now. <laughs>